Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. It's 509, last hour of the show, 86 degrees and sunny outside. Um, let's close up the global warming discussion uh, before we move on here. Let's go to uh, Joe from Berwick on global warming. Joe. Yeah, hello, Rob. Uh, so you were trying to get baited into a. Uh, uh, question there about that Carl Sagan, because uh, he basically wrote the gospel for people who don't want to believe that the Bible explains our origin. That, that's what that was all about. That's like the Bible for secular humans. But, uh, you, you know, the other thing there, they've been preaching this since 1991, okay, when I was in college. Joe, you there? You broke up. You You dropped. Uh, we don't. We lost Joe. Well, Joe, you there? Okay. How about uh, yeah? I'm here. I got you a little better. Okay. I'm sorry. I'll stay in one place. So I've been hearing this argument since 1991 when I was in college. Been going on well over 30 years. They've been preaching this. So here, here's the thing, Rob. Their, their argument is that these uh, domesticated livestock are causing this. Okay, because the these animals with the four stomachs when when they have to uh when they have to eat this grass and they have to digest it they create the methane gas in their stomachs well there's there's one problem with that argument we know that historically huge gigantic herds of these same kind of animals who, who create this methane gas have been found all over the earth in, on, on the plains of Africa, on the plains of North America, uh, on the plains of uh, Ukraine and Southern Europe. So uh, their argument can't even hold water in, in that the, the animals that they blame for, for doing this and creating this and that they're actually talking about getting rid of uh, have historically been around in much larger numbers than they are today. Uh, back when we didn't, back when the Earth was supposedly in balance, I guess. Back when they said this thing wasn't happening and we weren't making it happen, and yet all the things necessary to make it happen were already there, according to their arguments. And that's that's the thing I noticed about them. That's why their argument really doesn't hold water to me. And again, that's just one part of their argument. There, you know, they they think that that we're responsible for it. We've done these things. It's accelerated to a point that we can control. And, and again, it's it, no one's no one's denying that it's a real issue. But the the fact that, that I'm disputing is that we have control over it. We have such minute control over it that it really has no difference if we burn every fossil fuel and do everything you know that we can. You know, will accel- accelerate it a little bit? Yeah, probably. Will it stop it from happening if we prevent, if we do everything we can do? No, absolutely not. It's going to happen sooner or later. That's just the normal ebbs and flows of our goal, uh, of our globe. I've put that history up on my website now, on on my Facebook page for, for anyone who wants to read it. Uh, it it's just, uh, well, you know, it, it's. I, I'm going to explain it a little better in a little bit from this thing I'm going to read next. Well, for for all intents and purposes, Rob, what they're actually saying is vote for us, let us have control, and we can control the weather. That's That's absurd. That's it in a nutshell, Joe. I appreciate your call. Yep, thank you. Thank you. And uh, that's it in a nutshell. And uh, Dr. John F. Klauser, 
joint recipient of the 2022 Nobel Peace Prize in Physics, uh, has criticized the climate emergency narrative, calling it a dangerous corruption of science that threatens the world economy and the well-being of billions of people. Uh, I'll take his word for it before I take any callers for it. And this is what he said here. Uh, Misguided climate science has metastasized into massive shock journalistic uh, pseudoscience. In turn, the pseudoscience has become a scapegoat for a wide variety of other unrelated ills. It has been promoted and extended by similarly misguided business marketing agents, politicians, journalists, government agencies, and environmentalists. In my opinion, there's no real climate crisis. There is, however, a very real problem when providing a decent standard of living to the world's expanding population, especially given the associated energy crisis, the latter is being unnecessarily exacerbated by what, in my opinion, is incorrect climate science, he said. However, the 2023 report from the Intergovernmental Panel of Climate Change calls for countries to ramp up their pledges to lower greenhouse gas emissions enough to reduce global emissions by 60% by 2035. Again, it's not going to change anything. It's going to happen throughout the world history. We are, like I said, in in the, the coolest era of the Earth's history in the past 500 million years. And to think that we have control over stopping it is is misguided. Yes, can we help the environment? Absolutely, we should be helping the environment. I think we've taken great steps to do it. But are we in total control? Is it because of us that the temperature is increasing? No, that's the normal ebbs and flows of our nation. And anyone, anyone who tells you the globe is the hottest it's ever been is lying to you because it hasn't. It's not. Because they put that little caveat in there to say, since we've recorded history. And we really haven't that long at all in the history of the world. And that's just the, you know, the simple facts of that. Let's go to uh, one more on it since we want to talk about climate change. We'll go to Jim from Wilkes-Barre on climate change. Jim. Yeah, another fact check. Um, they say that they've got, they went back in the records and this is the hot, two hottest days in the entire history. Well, they've only been keeping those records on a global scale since 1979. So what, how did they get the rest of those records, you wonder? Well, tree rings and, I don't know, computer models. In essence, it's what we call a wag, a wild-ass guess. And here's something that people, they never seem to mention. Now, Heartland Institute, a year ago, published a, a study they're getting this data off of these weather stations. And what Heartland said was the research shows that 96% of these stations are corrupted by localized effects of urbanization. They put these stations in decades ago. Guess what? The city swallowed them up. And what are cities made of? Concrete, asphalt, metal, you know, things that hold and conduct heat. You know where there are not very many of these um, global weatherization stations? Places like Antarctica, Siberia, the Atlantic Ocean. I think the Atlantic Ocean has two or three of them. So the coolest places on the globe are not being tracked or recorded. Meanwhile, 96% of the weather stations that are, they're in cities. In other places where, you know, urbanization has... Probably raised the temperature, what, three, four degrees? 
I mean, when you watch, and it happens that that's part of the uh, the, what what the Earth's ebbs and flows does. (laughs) I mean, when you watch your weather forecast, like if you're close to Philly, you will always in Philly be three or four degrees warmer than what it is just twenty miles north. Oh, no doubt. No, not even that much. I I think. I think if you stood in a lot, if if in, in New York City in Manhattan. If you are standing on Times Square and you are standing in central, the middle of Central Park, which is probably a mile and a half, two miles from each other, you are getting an extremely different temperature. Five, six, eight degrees maybe? Probably. Well, a lot of these weather stations that they're getting the data from are in those locations. Like uh, Philadelphia, how many universities are in Philly? Do you want to bet they hold some of those weather stations? No, I wouldn't put it past. I mean, you know, so that pretty much explains a lot of this. If you were to disperse those, I'll guarantee you we'd probably see a one, two, three degree temperature drop. Yeah, it's agenda-driven science. That's what I like to call it. I think it's a perfect name for it. You know, I just read a Nobel Peace Prize winning physicist who had his statement. I think he hit the nail on the head. Well, you know, honestly, I don't know. Now, when I was a kid... I swear to God, I, I seem to remember it being a lot colder than what it is. But it, I'm 66, and right now my memory is such that I'm pretty content if I've managed to remember to zip my zipper in the morning. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, is my memory any good? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I had a text or text in, and I don't know how accurate it is, but it says yesterday's high temperature, for, uh, check yesterday's high temperature for the date. It was 103 back in 1936. Um, so yesterday was what in the eighties, uh, but it was 103 as per this texter. And I don't know if that's accurate. I got no reason to believe it wasn't, but yeah, we have hot days. We have cool days. We've had, we had a very mild winter. Um, but really so far this year, we've had a very mild summer. I mean, we haven't had that extreme day where we're up in the high nineties, hundreds where we normally get, you know, in July, August. Well, I remember thinking toward the end of May this year. Like, I mean, my God, it's been pretty cool. I don't think we busted into the 80s once so far. Yeah, we had that early heat wave for about a week, and then it dipped down and kind of ruined spring. Yeah. All right, Rob, thanks. Thank you, Jim. Enjoy your evening. Um, Let's go real quick. We have uh, Tony from Pittston on climate change. Tony. You know, a great American who is no longer alive simply put the climate people in this category. He said, the environmental movement is nothing more than a redistribution a redistribution of wealth. So what do you think about that, Rob? Say it again. You, you cut out for a second there. Yeah, I, I got a call. So anyway, um, the environmental movement is nothing more than a redistribution of wealth. Um. It's agenda. It's, it agenda is, right? it's agenda-driven science, so it's definitely a money grab in different areas. I don't know if it's a redistribution, but it's they—they uh-huh. they want the money where they want it. What's maddening about this, Rob, is simply this: like, how how do these people think we're supposed to live our lives? It it doesn't make any sense to me. You can't run a, you can't have a gas stove. You can't if you have a fireplace. Well, you can't burn wood in the fireplace. That's it. It, none, it, it doesn't make any sense. Honestly, 
No, and, and like I said, if you go to my Facebook page, I, I put the, the NOAA right. and uh, the Smithsonian. Uh, it goes very in-depth. It's a very in-depth article, but the graph shows exactly where we are today in history. Um, Tony, thanks for your call. Later. Bye-bye. Thank you. It's uh, 521 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. Not so bad out there, Rob. This Penteladata internet traffic update, we have a little bit of slowing traffic between Pittston and Scranton on 81 northbound and minimal slowing through construction on 81 as you go above Waverly as well on 81 northbound. No accidents to report, just some heavy traffic on North Kaiser Avenue in Scranton and on Route 309 South Memorial Highway heading into the back mountain around the Rock Cut. Whenever you see a traffic have a problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone for WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, showers, maybe. Partly cloudy, low 65. Wednesday, hot with some isolated showers and storms, high 90. Thursday, hot and humid with some pop-up afternoon storms, high 90. Friday, warm and humid with some pop-up afternoon storms. That's the summer here in NEPA, high 85. It's 85 degrees now and sunny at 522 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 526, 85 degrees and sunny here at the station. You can call or text the show at 570-883-0098. A lot of people want to talk about the environment, I guess. Let's go to the phones uh, again. We have... Uh, Rich from Laughlin on the environment. Rich. How are you doing, Rob? Thank you for taking the call. No problem. just wanted to say, uh, the governor of New York uh, was carrying on about how we have to get more green when she saw all the smoke. You know, some of those fires they feel might have been started by people, but lightning they feel. Lightning, nature itself, caused many of those fires in Canada because there's flat grounds and they strike, you know, they strike the earth. What and they, and they refuse it? to log up there, so there's plenty of fuel for these fires. And if they had a drier uh, spring, you know, there's a whole a whole myriad of reasons that, that these things happen up there. Same as Cal- Southern California. You could put films on from the 70s and just change what the guy is saying, and, and you would think it's just happening now. It's the same. You'll see it shortly in the fall, you know. Uh, another thing, that, and it depends if you're if you're liberal or, or, or conservative, and I understand that. They have found off the coast of Easter Island in the South Pacific, and with all the ships we put there during the, the war, they never saw it because you don't see bubbles or anything. They're down deep. They are finding dozens of volcanoes, if not hundreds. They don't know how far the trail goes because they're deep. Uh, diving that deep, you really have to use uh, machines, you know, the, the, the uh, uh, the, the the things that can go down uh, yeah the deep water drilling yeah that's right and and thank you Rob and uh, so this these are these volcanoes are giving off uh, heat and that heat is being transferred to the water now they the scientists since they don't know how big it is they can't tell what an effect it's going to have and they don't even know like like I said how long it is if it turns out to be a long chain of 100 200 miles that may have an effect they can calculate the BTUs and so forth. And that could be warming the water. You know, we listen to Al Gore. He wanted us to buy carbon credits. The earth, the earth was coming to an end and everything else. And all these other scientists that are long gone. I really think we should uh, respect nature. Don't, uh, you know, uh, send the missions off or, or idle or burn things unless you really have to. But uh, there's got to be more evidence and proof. And, you know, the, your, your buddy mentioned uh, Carl Sagan. Very brilliant man, several degrees. 
and he was actually responsible for the Apollo missions, uh, for the calculations to land on the moon. But he wasn't right on everything he did either. So that's all I'm saying. Go slow with this and, and think things true. And if those uh, volcan volcanoes uh, are big enough, they could cause a significant problem and could create more rain here and so forth. I'm just saying there's a lot of variables we still don't have proof about. Take care, my friend. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Rich. I appreciate your call. And there's a ton of things we can't control, and we have to realize that. You know, it's it's to to, to it's a it's a it's a simply narcissistic view to think that we are responsible for all the wrongs on the earth, as far as the earth itself. You know, it has its ebbs and flows. It's as simple as that. That's just the way the earth is. It's the way history, when you go back millions of years, worked. Yes, it's common sense approach. You don't pollute. You don't. You do the things you can do. But to think that everything that's happening is simply because of, of the things we're doing as, as a, a human species, and even more so as Americans, because we seem to get the blame for this when, when we are far down on the totem pole of uh, being the, uh, the polluters of the earth. We do more than, than any first world country there is, and, and it's just as simple as fact as that, but they, they, wanna, they want us to feel guilty. They want, it's an agenda-driven science. That's what it is because it gets their niches in. It gets their attention. It gets their resources pushed forward. And again, we should be doing just like energy. We should be doing common sense things. Yes, all renewable energy, let's pursue it. But you don't make a, a policy that where within 10 years we're getting rid of combustion engines and everything must be electric and everything because it's just it's not sustainable. And when you look at the, the sustainable energy, especially electric vehicles with batteries as a whole, it's, it's, it's not what it's made out to be. It's not what's being portrayed to us. It's not what's being billed for us. And, uh, you know, it's as simple as that. And, you know, it's pretty much government as a whole. And if we didn't realize that by now, you know, we need to. It's uh, 531 here at WILK. We'll be back after this messages with uh, Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 536, 85 degrees and sunny outside. Hopefully you're you're out of work on your way home or sitting on your deck having a cold one, glass of wine, a glass of iced tea, whatever your choice is, enjoying your atmosphere, enjoying your property, enjoying your world. You know, speaking of the environment, I got a text message asking for an update on the bald eagle that was killed out in Washington County uh, in western PA. And uh, all I have on it is a, uh, a man turned himself in and is being charged. They're not identifying the man at this point. They're not saying the age. They're not saying anything. But somebody witnessed the account and notified police, which led to the person turning themselves in. And it says he will be uh, charged. But again, it does not have the age. It does not have any identity on who that person is. But the person is known to the Game Commission now. So hopefully that uh, gives us an update that we want. We can go back to the phones now. Uh, we have uh, L from Wayne County on climate change. L, I'm sorry I couldn't get you on the roads, but I can get you on climate change. Uh, well, I, I would have talked about climate change when I was waiting, but uh, I didn't get picked up. But um, I wanted you to know that when they first started complaining about climate change and methane gas, they um, were trying to get us to quit eating beef. And so they felt, well, we'll use the methane gas. Well, the beef cattle people were on TV, and it, this was around the time when Frank Andrews was still on. And I even called in. I saw it on TV, 
the beef cattle industry people, they did a study and a certain kind of cow versus another kind of cow produced more methane than the other ones. So they said, we'll get rid of the ones that produce the more methane and then they, they'll leave us alone. So there was a study done on that for anybody that didn't know that. <laughs> okay. Then uh, another thing um, from our Kingston caller, he said that, you know, there's now only three, three um, seasons in PA. Well, I have to remind him there wasn't only a few years ago, roughly six, where we had 33 inches of snow and one snowfall, and I had four foot in my driveway. So we still do get a lot of snow periodically. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> not breaking news. The weather changes in Pennsylvania. I get it. We have cold winters. We have more snow in winters. We have less snow. We have more mild winters. We have hotter summers. Yeah, that's right. We have more mild summers. That's just that's the way right. it works. And when we get hit, we get hit. And we've had a couple of pretty mild winters, so be prepared, people. And earlier you were talking about the tar and chip. Well, years ago, when I was just a kid, on a dirt road, they would put oil down. Oil. It wasn't tar and chip. It was oil. If you lived on a, dry, on a, on a dirt road, they did that to keep down the dust. And when I was... Um, that was when I was a kid. And then when I moved to Wayne County, they were tar and chipping the roads up there like crazy. I said, oh, my God, I have to worry about all this on my car again. So if they're going to continue to do that, what they need to do is get a schedule, uh, uh, let people know what roads are going to be done, the dates they're going to be done, how many estimated days, so they can stay away from those, those areas because it destroys your car. It does, but in their defense, any time it's been done, I've seen signs warning you it's been done, but it's already down at that point. And it's not right. like you can't not go to work because there's tar and chip down. People are going to have to drive on it one way or another. Uh, right. But, you know, they do do a good job of putting the signs up. Al, I appreciate your call. Okay. Thank yeah. you. You were mentioning that earlier about the roads in your area that are um, all just chipped, right? Even 29 coming up, well, is it 309, 29, whatever it's called, between the Tunkhannock Highway? Yeah. You know, that's all just um, chips at the moment. The last time I went through, which was last week, and some other areas, just dangerous for motorcycle riders. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mentioned that earlier, that, you know, for motorcycles, you know, 247 over, over Music Mountain, you know, that's a, that's a very scenic road that a lot of people take to get to 84, to, you know, between the Casey Highway and you know you have the industrial area, so those trucks. I mean, they just built that new, new that new truck place there that has, I think, 160 truck bays. Yeah, uh, that made that huge warehouse that's right across from 247 from the 911 center. Um, you know, going up those hills with tar and chip in the winter is not going to be pretty for those 18-wheelers. Well, I was going to say, I even saw an 18-wheeler the other day where who almost lost it on that, the trailer, you know, because of the way it is. And it looks like they're not doing any more work, except that in some areas there's still no lines p painted. But when are they going to finish it, if they're going to finish it, or is this just undone work? 
Yeah, normally with the tar and chip, they need to let it pack down very good so it's almost a smooth surface. So it almost looks like a paved road, but it's not before they put any markings down. But they do have those little reflective flaps that they put in the middle of the road. They disappear within the first day of people yeah. hitting them, yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just I've noticed it, so and a lot, of the, yeah. a lot of the texters have noticed it. Just more and more roads are being tarred and chipped than normal, and it's usually a quick, inexpensive fix. Well, and when we have billions of dollars sitting in our coffers for infrastructure, I don't see why well, that's that the case. Infrastructure that wasn't just to put in somebody's pocket. I got so confused. Or to say we have a surplus. Oh yeah, for for the next election. Yeah, it's five forty two here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. Well, as far as traffic goes today, it's not looking all that bad. It's because everything's tarred and chipped. That's right. Because everybody <laughs> knows to slow down now. This traffic update brought to you by Pentella Data Internet. You are dipping below the speed limit coming southbound on eighty one from Music to about Pittston. Going northbound, you dip a bit below the speed limit in the Scranton area as well. And when you hit that construction up near Waverly. Of course, you're going slow again, 81 northbound. Otherwise, heavy traffic on North Kaiser Avenue in Scranton and heavy traffic going into the Back Mountain on Route 309 near Hillside Road. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. It's sunny now. There may be a shower that comes through or not, uh, but if if it is, it's going to end partly cloudy, low 65 tonight. Wednesday, hot with some isolated showers and storms, high 90. Thursday, hot and humid with some pop-up afternoon storms, high 90. Friday, warm and humid with pop-up afternoon storms, high 85. It's 85 degrees and sunny right now at 543 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 548 here at the station, 85 degrees and sunny outside. Uh, a lot of good conversation today. Listen, they want you to believe your voice doesn't matter. They want you to believe you're not in control. They want you to think your values are secondary. Who's they? They are far from leaders. They are narcissists. They aren't a single political party. They're the ever-changing ebbs and flows of self-preservation, and they seek one thing and one thing only, power. And it's as simple as that. That is the idea behind climate change. That is the idea about government as a whole. They want you to believe that they are necessary, that you need them, that they are doing you a favor when they do things for you. They're not. They're doing things for you with your money. Most of the time, they're not even doing things for you. They're doing things for them by, for themselves. And if it happens to help you, then so be it. And we need to take that back. We need to start questioning it. We need to start making sure our voice is heard. And if they're not, if they're not doing the things, if they're not living up to our expectations, we need to start paying attention and, and removing them. I understand Life gets in the way. I understand we just want to be left alone and live our lives. I do too. But unless we start speaking up, unless we start objecting, unless we start letting them know that we are not just bystanders in this thing called democracy, this thing called America, we're not bystanders. It's because of us, for the people, by the people. It's as simple as that. And we need to hold them accountable. It takes time. It takes effort. Sometimes it takes money. But we need to hold them accountable on all levels, from our smallest elected office to our local townships, our school boards, 
you know, our city councils, our mayors, to our state houses, to our federal offices. They are failing us at all levels, and it's become acceptable. They are not doing their jobs disgustingly time and time again. Look at the budget in Pennsylvania for, for one. You know, Look at the promises that this governor who just got elected is in has already backed off of. Look at the things they tout that really aren't happening. You know, every day all you hear is the infrastructure bill, the infrastructure bill, the infrastructure bill, and then you see the little things that I've noticed that aren't getting done. Yes, they're doing some good things with it, and great, but they should be doing them. And I understand there's limited staffing out there to do everything at once. I get that. Where's the plan? Has has someone from Pennsylvania, from the governor's administration, laid down and says, Here's 50 plus billion dollars we received. Here are the exact things that we are going to fix over the next couple of years. Here are the exact improvements that we're going to see. No, you haven't seen that. You know, you have the city of Scranton right here. I'm sure you have the city of Wilkesbury. That got millions of dollars to perform infrastructure tasks. Where is that list? We have sent out our staff, our roads, bridges and roads director or our public works director to identify here's our most critical, here's our secondary, here's our third list. Here are the things we're going to do. How come that plan's not out there for all of us to see? How come it's not on county websites? How come it's not on city websites? How come it's not on state websites? Because they don't want you to know. Because they don't know. They want to be able to say, hey, I ended 2023 with a $50 billion surplus. No, you didn't. You just didn't spend the money that they took from us the way it was supposed to be and meant to be spent. And it's as simple as that. It truly is as simple as that. And we need to do better holding them accountable. And they need to do better at their job or they need to find another job. The truth is 90% of these politicians out there couldn't do another job, couldn't find another job. Could you imagine their incompetence in a real job like you or I have? Could you imagine someone sitting here as simple as this talking on the radio and coming here every day and saying, I, I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for that. Uh, I don't know anything about that. I'll have to get back to you on that. Because that's basically what they're doing in their jobs, the things they're supposed to be doing. It's a perpetual election cycle, and we put up with it, and we shouldn't. Uh, something I noticed that and I don't – I mean – I do understand because, uh, you know, I, I see the cost myself. I went there many times with my kids. But Disney theme parks are surprisingly empty this summer as ticket prices remain high. They haven't adjusted their tickets lower to, to compensate for this. But Disney World down in Florida, their wait times and, and their 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 visitors per day is way down. I mean, their their wait times now are less than it was during covid and there was an article today that says that the Disney Corporation is, is funneling all sorts of money into Disneyland in California because of the battles with the, the governor in Florida. And, you know, that's just fake news. There's no way. The whole reason they built Disney World in Florida is because they planned poorly putting Disneyland in the place that it is at. There's no way that they could do more there. It's, it's in the middle of a city center. There's no land for them to do anything. 
the, the, the costs for them to purchase the land that around them would be astronomical. Yeah, they could fix up the, the, the small thing they call Disney. And if you've ever been, you know, if you're a regular at Disney World and you go to Disneyland, Disneyland is like your, your fire department carnival compared to Disney World. You know, let's be honest. So for them to say that's the case, no. They've, put, they've invested so much in Disney World in Florida and the assets and infrastructure around that there's no way they're going anywhere. Yeah, fix up your park in Disneyland and make it seem like you have this political stance because of what's going on in Florida. But there's no way you're doing it. But maybe people are sick of paying $150 a person per day to stand in line for 40 minutes for each ride. Maybe that's why people aren't going anymore. But they should really start looking into it because uh, it it's interesting to me. I mean, I, I used to go there with my three children. You know, we went there when my son was young, when it was just him, and then we had the two daughters back-to-back, and we went down there, and we had the double bicycle stroller with my son, thankfully, you know, was was walking around at that time. You know, he was seven or eight, and, uh, you know, we had the two girls in there, and we went there several times. We went there for Christmases and New Year's. We went there for Easter's. We went there in the summertime, and uh, I don't know if we could do it. I, I can tell you right now, we probably couldn't do it now, the cost factor. You know, staying. We stayed off property um, most of the time. I, I think we only stayed on property once, but we stayed off property most of the time because it was cheaper. You know, we did get the the five day park hopper passes or whatever they called it back then. But even for the kids' prices and us, you know, it was thousands of dollars. And now you're talking ten, fifteen thousand dollars. You know, if that. And if you stay on property, you're probably talking between fifteen and twenty thousand dollars for a family of five. And, you know, that's including everything with food and meals and everything like that. They've made it so difficult and so out of touch for your normal middle-class family that maybe that's why people aren't going there anymore. Maybe that's why your wait lists are, are so down. But it amazed me that their, their wait times for the rides are less now than it was during the peak of COVID. Um, and, and I find that interesting. And then it's something that I'm sure they're looking into. But... Uh, yeah, it looks like the price is $179 for adults. Disney increased the number of days that $104 tickets will be available while decreasing days that it charges the highest price tier, $179. So there are days in Disney World you're paying $179 for an adult. That's incredible. That's incredible. And... uh you know, they're, they're seeing the, the just of it, and maybe people are just sick of, instead of having a good time, a good vacation where they forget about their day's troubles, they uh, get everything rammed down their throat. It's 5.56 here at WILK. We'll be back after this. Well, that's it for the Rob O'Donnell Show today. Thank you for joining us. God bless, be safe, and we'll do this again tomorrow.